Amen and amen. Let's turn to Song of Solomon. Uh-oh. Not what you expected. Song of Solomon. Some of you guys might not know where it's at. It's right after Psalms, Proverbs, right there. You probably only read it like during your counseling for your marriage, right before. <laughs> and you're like, haven't been back there in years. I'm excited because I... I I love when God gives me like this powerful, you know, like John the Baptist, God is coming and all this stuff. This is like prime time for me for preaching because of all that's happening in the end times. It's like almost like I told you this was going to happen. I've been saying this for years, you know, and I'm almost like apt. I like, Lord, that's what I want. I want this. I want the opportunity to speak into this because I've been praying this in and been prophesying this and reading in the scripture and what's happening in the nations of the earth. And I'm like, this is it. This is it. I'm ready. I'm ready. And it's like God's like preach on intimacy. <laughs> because you know what we need right now? Jesus. We need Jesus. And you know where Jesus is? In the secret place of your soul, in the depth of your heart. And guess what? Nobody can touch that and nobody can affect it. The news can't affect it. The world can't affect it. And we have to position ourselves as a church to be in a place that's untouchable by man. And that's, some, that's basically what I'm going to be talking about today. I almost had a picture of like, you know, I remember uh, in the old, in the old other church, uh, you know, Taylor Sarmiento, PC son, you know, he would always try to get into the, uh, Lewis remembers this, <laughs> he would always try to get into the word PCs. I remember that. Everybody had to have the sign, you know, it said access granted, you know, you know, I'm allowed in, you know, and it's like, you, we thought we were cool when we were, you know, in the youth, you know, we're like, oh, I got an access granted badge. Excuse me, Lewis, can I come into the meeting? And Lewis says, go ahead. I'm like, all right, I feel like I've arrived in the, in the church now. Lewis, let me in. You know, and, and, and you know, you, hey, watch out, get, don't, don't watch out with that guy. He's hard to get past him. And so he would come from two position. He would have like three different guards, like one in this door, one in that door. And these guys, you don't want to mess with these guys. I'm telling you, trust me. Well, I'll just say that. You don't want to mess with these guys. And I just remember Taylor Sarmiento, just so bold. He would just come. He's like, I may not have a badge, but that's my dad in there. And Lewis would just, go, just you know, grit his teeth and just go ahead, man. <laughs> and Taylor walking like, ha ha, he's my dad. <laughs> I have no access in the eyes of man, but my daddy welcomes me. I just laughed about that the other day. I was just remembering that. I'm just like, man, that's how God wants us to be. And unfortunately, it's a good thing to, to block access to the holy place. It's a good thing. Like, almost like we need to say to certain things in our life, like access denied, right? You don't have access in here. Because what we watch in there and our eyes see goes into our hearts. And that's what's happening in this nation right now. What we need is we need to position our hearts and we need to usher and tend and keep the most important, crucial thing that we can manage as human beings on this earth. And it's our soul, man, our spirit, man, our inner depth that no one's allowed to touch, guys. And this all started for me in a really weird way. <laughs> God talks to me weird, right? I was uh, getting ready to do a garden. So Ralph Sr. over here is my gardener guy. He's my lawn guy, does all my stuff for me. And I'm like, man, I want a, a better garden. My garden looks really, really bad. So I asked him, and, you know, it was, it was, it was a good price to it. You know, I said, okay, should, should I have him do it, or should I do it myself? And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to save a couple bucks. It's okay, no offense, Ralph. I'm going to try to save a couple bucks and do it myself, right? And I'm like, man, I'm going to go do my garden, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a lot of work. And anybody in here gardeners in here? Any gardeners in here? Okay. 
Come on, lift your hands up. If you're like, hold on, let me ask a different question. You're like, I'm the best gardener in here. Put your hand up. I'm the best gardener in here. No one could tell. I am the best gardener. Okay? Come here real quick. Come on. Give it up for him. Hey, he, he was confident. I don't know if it's true. Can anybody back this up? Is anybody, I don't know if there's proof to this or not. We might have to come check your house like a field trip one day. You got pictures? All right, all right. We'll, we'll watch those later. So I'm going to ask you three quick, like, give me three tips, your best tips for someone like me who has no idea what he's doing, first of all. Um, and I'm going to tell you some funny stories about my previous gardens that my wife has murdered. And then um, I just want you to share three tips with people like us that just gardening tips. Don't think spiritual. I know everybody else can be thinking spiritual, but don't think spiritual. Just tell me your three, three best tips. Water consistently. Okay. Use drip irrigation. Okay. And pull weeds manually. Don't spray. Wow. Repeat that one more time. Water consistently. Pull weeds manually. Drip irrigation. Awesome. Give it up for him. Thank you. I'm going to write that down real quick. Hope my wife is taking notes. So I went to do my garden. You got that picture, uh, um, Zach, back there? So you're going to see this messed up. It's all, it's, a, it's just in shambles. You see that? That's a brand new house, y'all. I got my house in brand new, built, custom for, in 2017. And look at that garden. I had took a couple things out a little bit already, but it was, I mean, it's, it's in trouble. Someone just say, everybody just say help. Yeah. I needed help in that garden. And I just remember going in there and it just felt overwhelming. You see my wife all the way in the back kind of, you know, starting to pull weeds and mess with stuff. And, and just for me, I had this, you know, had this, you know, all right, let me go do this work. I go out into the garden. You know, I, I put the gloves on and, uh, you know, I get the, all the stuff that I'm supposed to get. I, I go out to Home Depot and just spend all this money, right? I go out to the garden and I start pulling weeds. We start with that, like you said, right? You got to get all the bad out before the good can come. Come on, somebody. You know I'm going to preach. This is, gonna go, this is going somewhere. And I'm pulling out the weeds. My back's already hurting. It's like 8 o'clock in the morning. I haven't even started. It's like 30 minutes. I want to give up already. And the whole thing is like full of weeds everywhere. This was like after we pulled a bunch of weeds. And I got like th two, three trash bags full of stuff. And so just a little backstory how the weeds started. I bought my house, and when I moved in, I said to myself, it's a brand new home. I don't need to tend to my garden. I'll do that in a year or two from now. It's brand new. I don't need to, I don't need to mess around with it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be fine. And I never cared. I never looked at it, never thought twice about it, never went in there, never touched anything, just literally just left it alone for two years. And then little by little, I'd come home from work. You know, I'd look in the garden and be like, that's, that's, that tree don't look good, but well, whatever. <laughs> and then the next day I'd come home, I'd see some weeds in there. I'm like, I'll pull those, but man, my, you know, I'm tired. I go bend down. Like, that's a lot of work. You know, we can't be bending down and stuff. <laughs> I'm like, maybe someone could do it for me. And every time I'd hire someone, well, we don't do the weeds in the garden. We'll do the weeds, you know, we'll kill the weeds, but we don't treat the ones in the, okay, fine, then whatever. You know, I just let it go. And I just remember I got down, I started pulling these weeds and as I start pulling these weeds up, I start getting revelation. And my wife's looking at me. I'm praying in tongues in the garden. I'm like, shut up. I was like, babe, do you, do you see this? This looked fine from the surface. But the second I got down there and I moved some junk around and I kind of got dirty a little bit and I wasn't kind of afraid of it because, I, I, you know, I got nice nails and, like, hands. 
my hands are soft, like my feet are nice. Like I take, I like take pride in that. You know, it's, it's just who I am. Hey, say what you want, but some of you guys need to go with your wife to the manicure and a pedicure. I'm just saying. I haven't done that. Well, maybe one time. But anyways. So I don't like getting dirt in my nails and stuff. So I'm getting down in there. But once I got in there and I started pulling stuff, I realized how, how deep it was. And from the surface, when I used to always walk by and look at it, I would look at my garden. That's not that bad. I mean, that tree's surviving, and that one looks fine. And there's some little stuff in there, and it's just kind of sprouting out, and it doesn't look bad from the surface. But the minute I got in there and I started getting down, I started seeing how deep the weeds were and how it it was literally completely covered in all of my garden. And I just started just praying to the Spirit, oh, Lord, wow. And I'm just thinking, Holy Spirit, what are you showing me right now? And so just for the record, like, I didn't find out I was preaching until, like, two days ago. So this is what you're getting, guys. Hope it's okay. Because it was, like, last week. I'm just preaching out of my life. I don't got no notes, just my Bible. This is how I preach. And I just felt the Lord saying, we have a very, very, very easy time dealing with the large problems in our, in our life and in our yards obviously, but the little things that take time are the most important. And I just, now I want you to show the, the I'm not going to, my wife's probably like, can you show the second picture, please? Because my, my house does not look like that right now. And there's the finished product. Come on, give it up for my wife. <laughs> now, you know, it's not the, pro, I don't know, I'm happy with it, but I don't know, I, I'm not, look, please don't show any pictures of your house. Like, let me enjoy this moment, all right? I put the tarp down. I pulled up all the weeds. Come on, someone say amen. I pulled. The, I put the thing down. I, you know, put the holes. I cut it up. You know, I put down the mulch on top of it. And then we went to the store and we said, what's the best bushes that need no treatment? What's the best ones that I don't got to do nothing? I need those. And so they gave me those. And I put those in because I know I'm bad. I need help. And so we put those in, you know, and then we got a little gnome. I don't know why, but I feel like a, a grown man now that I love a gnome. Like, I'm happy every day when I come home. I look at my gnome. I'm like, I love this thing. Like, hey, buddy. And I keep walking. I'm just, I love my gnome. I don't know, man. This is where I'm at in my life. And my little truck and, you know, my little shoe thing, rain boots. So I'm, we're, we're happy. Someone say amen. Amen. This is all for a reason, I promise. Let's go look at Song of Solomon chapter 4. That was my introduction. Is that okay, guys? Song of Solomon chapter 4, verse 12. This is speaking about you and your heart. I love it. Oh, come on, Jesus. You are a garden enclosed, my sister, my spouse, a spring shut up and a fountain sealed, says the Lord. You are a garden enclosed, a spring shut up and a fountain that is sealed. Everything in Scripture regarding a garden is starting to just completely pop out of the Bible to me now. I'm ruined. Everywhere, just gardens everywhere. I should. Work, if you need, if I need a job, I could come to you, Ralph. You got any positions open? Okay. Maybe the Lord's transitioning me. I don't know. But all I keep seeing is gardens and fruit and flowers and pomegranate and trees everywhere in my Bible now. And I'm seeing so many things, and I just see the Lord just continually beginning to speak to me. And so 
I begin to ask the Lord, what is, what is this garden of mine? I've sang that song for years. You know, Misty had a song a while back. I'm a garden enclosed. Y'all are going to listen. It's too bad. Locked garden, life takes place behind the face where it's you and me alone. Sorry, people listening on the stream. I got reverb. I don't got reverb for the stream. Life takes place behind the face in the garden where it's you and me alone. And I've sang that, sung that for years, and now I'm beginning to pray this through. I'm saying, Lord, and it's like, why is this all happening now? With everything that's happening in the world, with everything that's going on, like, Lord, don't you want me to preach, preach an end time message? Don't you? No, the Lord is like, tend the garden. Tend the garden of your heart. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. I'm going to go some really popular scriptures, so stay with me. But I believe that God is going to encourage us today to focus on the first things first again, which is the secret place of our hearts, the garden. Where did God create man? Everybody say, garden. You can sing it if you want. In a garden. Where did God put man when he chose him in a garden? Where did God position man to serve him in a garden? Where did Jesus go before the cross? To the garden. Oh, Jesus. Come on, somebody. Genesis chapter 2. Look at verse 8. And the Lord God planted a garden. Everybody say garden. Eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the garden, the Lord God made every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. Now the tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river went out from Eden to water the garden and from there it parted and became four rivers. Look at verse 15. The Lord God uh, took man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat it, you shall surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man would be alone. I would make for him a helper comparable. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every bird of the air, and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. And Adam gave names to cattle, the birds of the air, to every beast of the field. And, but, but for Adam, there was not found a helper. And we all know the next story where God brings forth Eve. Now look into Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Hopefully you got your Bibles and your phones ready, guys. We're going to be in the scripture. Genesis 3, verse 1. Now in the garden, doesn't say that, but we know that, right? In the garden where Adam and Eve were, there was a serpent who was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, And shall you not eat of the tree of life? And we all know the end of the story. The rest is history. Now I want to point out a couple things to you here in this scripture. First of all, God's mandate to Adam. When God formed man, the first thing God called Adam to do, it says there in verse 15, is he took Adam and he put him in the garden to tend it and to keep it. Everybody say keep it. Now, the word keep it in the scripture is the word shamar, which means to beware. 
it means almost like in a warning to keep it like be concerned over it. Watch it. And even the word is translated as watchman, as a watchman. So Adam's mandate was to tend and serve the Lord. The word there, tend, in New King James Version, is to mean the word serving the Lord. You're like, God actually called Adam in service. Now, a lot of us, when we think about service and labor now, we think of it, especially me after that long day, because, I mean, I was hot, sweaty. I actually gave Zach a picture to put up, and it was me in the garden, and I, like, was all sweaty and dirty, and Zach's like, we're not putting that up there. He's like, thanks for the picture, though, but we'll hold off on that one. I was like, oh, okay, no problem, man. Appreciate that, Zach. Man, right, we labor, we toil, we serve, we get, we get tired, right? We, get, we, we think of it, oh, I don't want to go back to work. It's Monday morning, oh, I drag my feet to work. Service before the curse was pleasing to man. Service pre-curse was enjoyable to man. So what Adam was destined to do was he was destined to serve in the garden and labor, but labor of love. And labor with a serving that was enjoyable and pleasing and refreshing. We know the passages. I could sit here and go through the through Genesis 2 with you and Genesis 3 when then God appears later and, and he's looking for Adam and Eve and, he's, and it says, and the Lord God walked in the midst of the garden. Hey, Adam, this is where we are every day. This is where we spend our time, Adam. This is where we've grown together in love. Adam, this is where we have grown to know one another. You are my, I've created you. I am the creator. You have got to know me in the garden. Here I am again in the same place I'm always at. Back again. Where are you, Adam? And Adam was hiding in the garden. He was hiding. He was not, no longer available to God in the place that God called him and put him. And in that place, it says, God was walking in the cool of the day. Just another day for God. I I love this picture. In the cool of the day, the the creator is walking to meet his creation, and he's walking to to continue this beautiful journey of creation together. And think about the story where it says, God created Adam and saw that. He's like, Adam, do you understand how much I want partnership, Adam? I've been doing this thing alone. I've been building and creating and creating and creating. But I didn't create just to have something. The creator created to have partnership in something. So I need, I need something. So it's almost like the same thing that God saw in Adam where it said, and he saw that he needed a helper in him. You know why he saw that in Adam? Because he found it in himself. As God the Father and as Jesus, as we know about it through Scripture, is creating there came a point in that creation where Jesus, God, you know, pre-incarnate Jesus, and the Father said, we need a partner in this. And that's what came. Adam's creation came from the place of, I want partnership with you. And then God looked at Adam and goes, "The same. well, you're in my image, and I created you like me, so I wanted partnership. And guess what? Now I see you want partnership. And a lot of us think that immediately he created Eve. That's not what happened. Immediately, he saw he needed a partnership, so he created something for him to labor with him and partner with him to do together. And that was naming the cattle, naming the birds of the, the air, naming the beasts of the field. And it says God brought there in verse, uh, uh, it was in verse 21, no, verse uh, 19, out of the ground the Lord formed every beast and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. So now God's having fun, right? He's naming all these creatures. And I started to read this, and I started to think for a minute. 
God called Adam to tend and keep the garden. God warned Adam in tending the garden and keeping the garden not to eat of the tree of life. He said, beware, guard this garden, guard this place I have trusted you. I have entrusted you in this garden. It's enclosed, it's beautiful, it's got life there. And I warn you, beware in that life. Beware. And in that moment, he brought all the cow. I can imagine God bringing, you know, let's call it a cow. <laughs> I don't know. It's English. I don't know how this works in any ways. But let's call it a lion. Let's call it a bird, an eagle, right? So Adam creates all the names of all the birds, right, and all the beasts of the field and all the creatures. And then all of a sudden, I can imagine God watching. All right, bring this next one over to Adam. What do you want to call this one, Adam? Watching him. Let's call that one a serpent. Okay, next brings the next one. And he didn't recognize the serpent in the garden. See, Adam, we always blame Eve, right? It's a, it's a woman's fault. That's why we fell. It was Eve, you know. It's not man's fault, and that's why woman. <laughs> we got this lie, right? We blame Eve all the time. Well, she's the one. She forced man. See, that's my problem with my wife. She'd be forcing me to do stuff I don't want to do. <laughs> I'm just playing, baby. I love you. Can we censor this teaching later? Is that edit? Eve is not held responsible. God trusted Adam to watch the garden, not Eve. God trusted Adam to tend and watch over. He said, Adam, beware. Beware, Adam. There's a warning I'm giving you because I'm, pro I'm telling you to not eat of the tree of life. So beware what you allow in that garden that may influence you. What do you want to call this one, Adam? Let's call that one a serpent. Next. And now the serpent was in the garden. How did he get there? Adam named every creature. Now what's funny in this story is we see the part where, you know, the serpent there in Genesis chapter 3, it says, and he was more cunning, which means wise. He was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made and said to the woman, has God indeed said. No, what's funny is like the serpent spoke and Eve didn't go, ah! <laughs> you know, she just started having a conversation. I always think of Narnia, like when I read this. Uh, I'm weird. I, I warned you guys, I'm weird. I always think of Narnia, and in Narnia, you know, the animals talk. And then so I was watching like part two the other day with my kids, and there's a part where, you know, in Narnia part one, all the animals are all awesome, and they talk, and they're amazing. And then all of a sudden, a curse covers over the field. And a curse covers the land, and all the animals stopped talking and stopped communicating and became, you know, beastly. And so there's a part in part two where uh, uh, one of the, you know, one of the girl names, I don't forget her name, uh, whatever. So she's going and she sees a bear. She's like, oh, there's a bear. Hey, bear. And she goes to talk to the bear. And the bear turns around and goes, <laughs> I don't know why I'm telling the story, but I love it. I told you. Three days to prepare. This is what you're going to get. Hope you like it. I was watching this movie with my daughters, and I remember when I watched that, and then I read this verse, and I'm just thinking about what we have no idea what pre-eternity and pre-cursed animals were like. And it's just fun. I guess I'm just having fun. Let me have fun, okay? It's a Bible. That's what we're meant to do. And so the serpent speaks, and the serpent is full of wisdom, and he deceives Eve in the whole story, and we know the story. But the problem started when God warned Adam to tend and keep the garden, and he failed. God is entrusting us with this right here. Let me tell you something that nobody can take from me. I, my wife has a tattoo of this. You can, you can take my life, but my soul he keeps. You can shut me up in prison. 
You can tell me I can't preach the gospel. You can put me, no matter where you put me, there is a place that nobody can touch. There is a place that is holy, that is untouchable by man. It's my soul he keeps. My soul, man. My spirit, man. In the inner depth of my heart, when I close my eyes in the arena of the war of God, in my spirit, no one can touch it. It's his. It belongs to Jesus. And when I guard that and I keep that, no one's allowed in, access denied. I think of the arena every time Missy sings that song, and I see the Colosseum, and it's the war between me and God in the Colosseum. You know, God, you know, I'm wrestling with God, and he, he, he hits my hip, and I lean upon him, and it's the war between me and God. It's the place where me and God have our time. This is his arena to deal with me. This is his arena to keep me pure from what the world is telling me. This is his arena, and no one can have this in here. Will you guard it? Whatever you see, he says, as the eyes are good, the body is good. What you see, what you let in, what you allow. In Song of Solomon's, in, in the previous chapter, it says, you know, the foxes come and they spoil the vine. Oh, it's just one little fox, let it be. I was thinking about that passage, and then I'm thinking about uh, David when it says he was guarding the sheep. It's almost like tending the garden. You know, guard these sheep, David. This is what I've trusted you, David. I'm not, you're not a king yet, but if you, can, if you can fulfill this task, David, and guard these sheep from the bear, the lion. It's just one sheep. Let it go. If I let the one go, every other one's going to follow. If I let this one go, if I let the lion have this one, if I let the bear have this one sheep, every other uh, sheep is gone because the bear is going to come back and come back. You know, I actually blame Ralph for the weeds in my, in my garden. You know why? <laughs> because I heard someone tell me one time that when you cut grass and you go to another place, it brings seeds. Is that true? It's okay. I won't get mad at you, Ralph. You can leave now. <laughs> so every time Ralph would cut someone's grass, right, and bring, the, bring it to my house because the wind would come and the worker, you know, the little blade would come, seeds would drop. And so wind is moving seeds into my garden. Wind is moving things from outside sources that I didn't even know about are coming in my garden and they're taking root and they're getting a, a foundation and they're growing roots all in my garden and I never even welcomed it. I didn't even allow it, but it came from outside sources and it started to bear up roots. You know what's funny with a garden? I'm starting, you know, like imagine you, you plant the garden and you get very upset in the morning because it hasn't grown. Like what in the world? I planted this last night. It looks the same. What's wrong with this thing? <laughs> when we look at trees and plant, and then we look at our soul, we, look, we don't compare it the same. There are certain things that were planted in your life as a child that is bearing fruit today. There are certain things that you never even realize. The seed was scattered from outside sources. The seed was scattered. It's not your fault. It's not anybody's fault. The seed was scattered from outside sources, and it took years and years and years, and it bore fruit. And then you started to see it a little bit, but then it started to manifest, and it was harder to get rid of. When I first moved in my house, I wanted to cut down my trees in the beginning. I didn't do it. <laughs> Procrastination, sorry. And now my trees are bigger. And guess what? They're a lot harder to cut down. 
When that tree and that root system comes into your heart and into your garden, as little as it may look, as small as it may be, it bears fruits. And through time, it's going to be harder to uproot it. You might need some help. God bless the church. (laughs) That's what we're here for. Chop that tree. Bang. I'm a garden enclosed, a locked garden. I'm a garden enclosed, a locked garden. That word garden there, it even talks about a hedging because, you know, there wasn't fences back then and there wasn't weed killer in the corners, right? How do they do it back then? I might be wrong, but please don't give me the look. But they would put like thorn bushes, right, to keep things out maybe, possibly. I don't know. I don't know sure if I'm right or not. But I can imagine they would put thorn bushes, you know, to keep certain animals out of the garden, They would keep certain things, so they would put up maybe a borderline of bushes and a borderline of thorns because I want to close it all in, and I don't want to give access to my garden because fowlers are coming, deceivers are coming. The lion roams around like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour, and then all of a sudden he pricks his toe and he runs off. Resist the devil and he will flee. He's coming. He's searching. He's looking. Put your thorns up around your garden, and that will protect you. I normally don't preach like this symbolically. I normally don't, but I'm just getting wrecked with this reality of this. As we were worshiping, I'm thinking, I'm saying, Lord, what is this place? I was talking with Chris this morning. We had a really good, we were just literally having breakfast and talking about this. And like, what is the reality of this thing? Like, what is it in me? Like, what what is this, my heart? I was like, I don't know the language. Is it my soul, my spirit? And I almost like, you know, it's almost like all three of those. It's my heart. It's my soul. It's my spirit, man. And then the Lord says what? Love me with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. He wants that inner place, guys. It belongs to him. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Look at Proverbs real quick, real quick. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Keep your heart. Keep your heart. With all diligence. Everybody substitute that word heart with garden. Everybody say it with me. Read it with me. Keep your garden with all diligence. For out of it flows the issues of life. You keep your garden with all diligence. You know what that means? I remember one time I asked my neighbor. I was walking by. He has a really good yard. I was like, hey, man, I got a question for you. How do you get your yard looking so nice? (laughs) He's like, every day I pull up a weed or two. I still remember that. I'll go throw out the trash. Oh, spotted one. Every day I'm diligent. I never let one get past me because when one weed comes, every other one follows. Oh, but it's just one weed and everything else is fine. When one comes, every other one follows. If I allow one little, what? I was thinking about that verse, the 99 and the one. If I, Jesus, if I allow the one sheep to go astray, the 99 will follow. The 99 will follow because if I'm not willing to, to, to stop everything for the one, so maybe another one would go off and he's not willing to come for me. He's not willing to come for me. He's not willing to stop everything just for me. He said, no, 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 no. I will stop everything just for you, and I will save you. He would go to the cross for one again. Proverbs 4, keep your heart Tend your heart. Wake up in the morning on your day off, right? Come on, somebody. Water your garden. 
What does the Bible say? Wash your wife with the water of the word. Water with the water of the word. Think about any time in your life you've had major breakthrough with God. Was it not connected to the word of God? Every major breakthrough in my life, I'm like, Mark 13, <laughs> Ephesians 5. I have verses in my life that have marked my life with transitional periods in my, in my walk with God. That my life is literally, like I have passes of scriptures for different moments in my life. Anybody else relate to that? Can you relate to that? The word of God is how we water the seed. We want to bear fruit, right? Jesus, it says he was walking and he was hungry. So what did he do? He found a fig tree. Oh, this looks good for fruit. But once he inspected it and looked underneath it, it was rotten. And he cursed the fig tree, and there was no fruit. Have you ever seen an uh, orange tree with, like, the rotten oranges? You ever seen that before? Where you go pick one? Is that not the grossest thing in the world? Like, you can't pay me to do that, to pick up, like, a rotten piece of fruit and squeeze it as hard as I can. It's so gross. Ugh. Ugh. Shiver. That's what Jesus sees when he has given us fruit that we have let. First it's there. It's ready. He's, it's fruitful. And what happens? It's good. It falls to the ground. And usually those dead fruit are on the ground. And Jesus is inspecting our tree. And he's finding either no fruit or dead fruit. It's not good enough what we did 10 years ago in ministry. It's not good enough what fruit we've bore all throughout the years. What fruit are we bearing today? What's your tree look like right now? If God were to inspect our garden, what would he find? Would he find weeds? What would he find in the midst of the garden? Me and Chris were talking this morning. We said, imagine the feeling of Adam to walk with God in the garden and then be separated from God. What? Only Jesus can relate to that. When he was, became a man, he remembered being with God before eternity. And he remembered, so he would pray, and he would remember being with God before eternity, and he would pray to a God that he had been with, that he remembers with, but now he's kind of separated. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Adam would pray to God after he's been kicked out the garden. What is that feeling like? I remember when I used to wait for him, and he would come walking in the cool of the day again. Oh. And he's out of the garden. He can't get in because now God put angels with swords. He's no one's allowed in the garden. He kicked him out of the garden. And, but, but, but Adam could close his eyes, and he would remember being with God in the garden. I can imagine, but he, always, he would think back to, if I just would have caught that serpent a little bit quicker. If I would have just recognized that serpent that sly serpent in the garden. If I would have just caught him a little bit earlier, I'd still be in the garden right now. That's what the Lord is saying to us right now. Look at Matthew 13. I'm starting, I'm starting to kind of turn the corner here. You guys, you guys okay? Is it okay when you enjoy when the Holy Spirit speaks? Is that all right? I enjoy the word of God. Matthew 13, we know the stories, but let's read it. It's just the word of God is so good. Matthew 13, verse 18, we talk about the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the God of the kingdom and does not understand it, Matthew 13, 18, and 19, the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in the heart. Every time I read one of these, I guarantee you can remember, probably know somebody, something similar like this has happened to before. The word of God comes, he hears the word, 
He doesn't understand it, and because of a lack of understanding, the wicked one snatches away the word of God. The seed came, but the, the, the fowler came and stole it away. This is a seed that was by the wayside. Verse 20, but he who received the seed on stony places, it is he who hears the word of God. He immediately receives it with joy, yet having no root. Say no root. Yet having no root in himself, he endures for a little while. But when tribulation and persecution arises because of the word. That's the reason the persecution came. You know, that, that's actually biblical, guys. Sometimes we go through things because we're hearing God and we're following God. And when we do that, we will be attacked. I mean, we almost say, you know, it's not always attacked. Well, sometimes it is and sometimes it's not. I don't know. It's just between you and the Lord. But sometimes it is. Sometimes God is, uh, it has given you a, a gift and a promise and a word, and, and the devil wants to steal that word and that dream out of your heart. And if you don't water it, you don't tend it, you know, when I put the, the, the flowers now and I go home, boy, you better believe it. I'm just walking by. I was like, let me take a minute. Just make sure there's no little, no little weed. Because I remember before I would see the plant, and there would be like one little root, and I'd be like, oh, that's not a big deal. But I would go pull it sometimes and be like, oh, wow, this spreads over here. And then it goes, oh, wow. It goes, I'm like, I'm like tied up in all the roots. And, and the next thing you know, I'm like, what, how did that happen so fast? Oh, Jesus. How did it happen so fast? I know friends of mine that were amazing, anointed men and women of God. And I look at them now and I say, how that happened so fast? How did, how did you go from here to here so fast? But really, it's not fast. Why? A little serpent, a little fox, a little weed, wrong ground, a wrong, a wrong revelation, a wrong understanding of, of a Bible verse. No understanding, the Bible said. A wrong understanding, and the devil twists it. The grace, some of the grace messages, you know, mercy, God does, Jesus still went to the cross for our sin. And he told the woman caught in sin, go and sin no more. He doesn't like sin, but he died for our sin because we're sinful. Help me, somebody, preach the gospel. Verse 22, we receive the word, but the, here's the other one. But the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. You know what that deceitfulness of riches is? You know, sometimes that word is the opposite of, an, of another reality, which Jesus promises in, the, in Beatitudes. In Matthew 4, 5, and 6, he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. And then now we see the word came, but the riches choked out that word. The riches were too, enough to bring, Jesus said, I'm calling you to be poor in spirit, not rich in spirit. When the poor in spirit comes, you know it's not anything you can do. Poor in spirit, here's the reality of poor in spirit. This selfie generation. Yeah, I mean, I see some selfies, and I see those people, like, in real life, and I go, oh, that's not the person I saw. <laughs> you know, like, perfect, you know, complexion. I'm not trying to be, like, mean here. I'm just being serious. Like, we take a picture. We post it, right? And the complexion is perfect. There's no, you know, no acne. There's no nothing. You know, like, you even got to put makeup on. I don't know how they do these things, but it's crazy. Like, you could take a picture with no makeup, like, if you had makeup on. It's like some filter stuff. I don't know. I'm not good at this stuff. But we, 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 we're a selfie generation. Like, we care more about the riches of our self, 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 self. This is a problem right now in this nation right now. It's selfishness. 
Everyone wants self, right? Even in the midst of a good reaction and a just response from mankind, then selfishness comes, right, and tries to steal it away. It's the same thing. God will deposit a seed of truth, and then selfishness will uproot that seed. Come on, someone say amen. I ain't get much amens. I love the final one, right? Verse 23, hallelujah. But he who receives the word on good ground, say good ground. What's good ground? What's good ground? Good ground. Correct me if I'm wrong. No weeds. Toiled, right? Messed up a little bit. Isn't it true that the dirt has to actually be like messed up a little bit? Like you have to like put that, what is, work it. That's the word. So it's better if it's not like perfect. Oh, come on, somebody. That's Jesus preaching right now. So you're telling me the seed bears more fruit when the ground it falls on is not perfect. Is that what you're telling me? Come on, somebody. We all got a chance. So you're telling me because you went through something, now your heart is ready to receive the seed. Is that what you're telling me? Is it because what you went through was so bad, it created such a deep wound, now all of a sudden when that seed gets deposited, it has a room to bear fruit. It hurt. It hurt because it went so deep. And God says, but now I have room. And when I put, deposit this seed, the root system is so ready for it that it's going to bear fruit. The Bible says the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. It goes in the ground, and it's the smallest of all seeds. But when it bears fruit, it creates a tree that even the birds of the field and the birds of the air nest upon this tree. Oh, hallelujah. Some of you, God has deposited seeds. It may take a while. You may not see all the fruit all the time. You may feel like you're always struggling. You may feel like, man, I've messed up so many times. I've gone through this. I've gone through that. It is a process that is happening. God is tolling the ground. He is working your heart so that the seeds can bear fruit. Can you say amen? Go back to Song of Solomon real quick. I'm almost done, I promise. I'm good, right? Like, I'm on time. (laughs) I'm a little confused about it. That's why I'm wondering. I'm never on time. Song of Solomon. Go back to to chapter 2 there. I'm sorry, chapter 4. Go back a couple verses before the bridegroom declares over his bride that she's a garden enclosed. Tito, you can, and Jessica, you can make your way up. Song of Solomon 4.9. Now I see the bridegroom speaking to the bride. He said, you don't, you don't realize, you don't realize how much I treasure. This is your creator speaking to Adam. This is Jesus speaking to you. This is the bridegroom speaking to the bride. You don't realize how much I treasured those moments in the garden. You don't, you don't realize how much I treasure just the, when you turn the world off for a minute and you just give me a little bit of time to tend the garden with you. Give me a little bit of time to serve with you in the secret place of your heart. I, I, we're put to shame sometimes by these, these churches in the Middle East that are under persecution and these people that are in prison and these people that are being you know, persecuted and they always have this joy about them. Why? Because nobody can steal what they can't have. They can't touch that inner place. They can't get into the garden. Every time they get close, the thorns push them back. <laughs> and then Hosea is beautiful. It says, it says, you've hedged me in all around. 
When the prophet Hosea is talking about his bride, you've, I've, you've hedged me in. I'm, I've gone this way, but the hedge hurts, so then I go back this way, and that hurts, so it's like you're trying to end up somewhere. It's like God is creating a path full of hedges of thorns, and everywhere, every time you veer off, something happens. <laughs> but eventually, eventually, I mean, it may be like this. I mean, I mean, Mike Pickle calls it the God of the great target. The whole wall is a bullseye. You just got a big arrow blindfolded, and you just throw it, and you're going to hit something. Because God has led us and will always lead us. I know the path that I have for you, a path of good, a path of righteousness. The eyes of the Lord, the, the, the light of the, of the Lord is, is the lamp unto our feet. But when we get off the lamp, we go into darkness. And then all of a sudden, the lamp kicks on, and we go, oh, wait a second. Let me get back on path. The lamp of the Lord, darkness again, I'm lost again. Where am I? The thorn comes, pain comes, the light turns on, then we see the path again, and we walk the path. This is how we walk out our journey with Jesus. I'm a garden enclosed. He's saying, I have hedged you in all around. I've put a path around you. Why? Because I want the finish to look better than the beginning. Did you know the end of the Bible is about us being in a garden with God again? Started in a garden, Genesis 2. It ends in a garden, Revelation 22, the tree of life and the river of life flowing from the garden. God puts his name on our foreheads, and we're with God every day again, toiling with him day and night for all of eternity. It's all about getting back to this place. Song of Solomon chapter 4, verse 9. How do we do this? We tend it. How do we do it? We have to first realize that when Jesus makes room for us, what should that say about our lives? This is an intimacy, intimacy, intimacy message, believe it or not. This is actually about prayer. <laughs> Tricked you. <laughs> this is about prayer. This is about you meeting God when you're driving to work for 20 minutes. Turn the news off. This is about you making, waking up a couple more minutes with the Lord and having some time in your Bible. Me and Chris were telling this morning, I was, I was confessing to him, like, I don't think I show my daughters enough me reading the Bible in the middle of my living room in the morning. I want them to wake up in the morning and see me reading the Bible. Like, I have things I need to work on. Because everything we do deposits a seed. My daughters, when they see me live my life before God, that may not mean nothing right now, but when they're 32 years old... He's been depositing seeds in your heart. He's been depositing seeds. What is the fruit these seeds will, will bear? Psalm Solomon 4.9, I promise I'm done. You have ravished my heart. This is what God is saying to you. You have ravished my heart with one look of your eye. How fair is your love, my sister, my spouse. Your love is better than wine. I see your spices, your honey, your milk. I see these things. Every time you speak, it's like fragrance. And when I smell you in the garden, when I see you in the garden, as I walk in the cool of the day, and I see you, my bride, and those moments where you've made time for me, those moments when I see that, oh, I'm overcome, says the Lord. I'm ravished. I'm overcome with love because I can't believe I have an opportunity again to be like it was when, it was like when I was with Adam in the secret of your heart, in the garden of your soul, in the deep place of your spirit man, in your soul man, in your heart, in your spirit, in your soul. You are a garden enclosed, verse 12. You are a spring shut up. You know what happens when the garden is tended to and properly maintained? A river flows out of it. 
Genesis 2, it says, out of, the, the, out of Eden flowed a river into the garden, and from the garden is split in four. We have no flow of the Spirit because our garden is full with weeds. And we don't have a place where the garden, you know, builds up, where the river builds up, and the Bible says you are a fountain sealed, pure, nothing allowed in there. Think about the most purest glacier water thing you've ever tasted. <laughs> sealed, pure, you are my fountain, you are my garden, I have sealed you. Don't let anything in that place. Don't let the words of your mom, your dad, don't let the words of, your, of any situation of your past ruin and desert and, and bring, uh, you know, almost like a poison, a fungus to your tree roots. You know that? I found that out. Started finding fun fungus on the bottom of my plants. That's why they weren't growing. But they looked like they were healthy. That's the part that I couldn't believe. They looked healthy, but they stopped growing. They looked healthy from the outside, but they always stayed the same. They looked healthy, but the root system didn't allow for growth. Come, Holy Spirit. Come on, stand up with me. I'm going to prophesy a verse over you. Like I said earlier, the wind comes, the rain comes. That's the Holy Spirit. We pray, Holy Spirit, come. When we say, Holy Spirit, come, we're saying, Holy Spirit, blow upon my garden. Spread the seeds, Lord. Spread the seeds of my garden. Let it flourish. Let there be more, more seeds. Let there be more root system. Let there be greater growth in my garden. I don't want to stay in the small little place that I've had. I want to expand my heart. I want to grow in love towards you, God. When I'm 85 years old and I sit on my porch in the morning with my coffee and I read a Bible verse, I weep again because I love you. I want to be more tender. I want to be more soft in my heart. No matter what's happening in the world around me, nobody can make my heart hard. I want to be tender. I want to be soft. I want to weep in the presence of Jesus. I want to read my Bible and enjoy it when I'm 85. How do you get there? You plant, you water, you tend to the garden, you tend to the heart. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. This is our prayer in Song of Solomon 4.16, and we release you guys.